everybody. And my name is John Tripp. You're listening to, uh, you're about to listen to Ferris Blocks podcast, Fecal Face podcast. Um, we recorded it on Saturday, just this last Saturday. On, uh, that would be February 9th, 2013. At FFDG, which is, uh, we're right here in the Mission on Mission Street, Mission and 19th. We're in Art Gallery, FFDG.net. Uh, let's see, what did we talk about? Ferris Block, if you don't know, is a, uh, a visual artist here in San Francisco. He's been uh, in San Francisco for quite a long time. Uh, you can check out his art. Uh, I believe his URL is just ferrisplock.com. Um, I'm sure if you Google his name, too, it'll come right up. And we've been featuring his work on Fecal Face for quite a number of years. Uh, he's married to artist Kelly Toonstall who also lives here, obviously, in San Francisco. And uh, we, Ferris and I, talk during this podcast about all sorts of different things about living in this wonderful city of San Francisco. Um, He has one son, his name is Brixton, and they have another son en route due in April. So we talk a little bit about that. Um, We enjoyed some tasty Sapporo beer while we uh, conducted the interview. Um, They... Kelly, Toonstall, and Ferris Block have a two-person show in July 2013 at FFDG, and that's the beginning of July, I believe. I haven't exactly got the exact date, but it will be coming to you in July. Also, um, big highlight is that uh, Ferris sings a little song towards the end of the podcast, which... I think does quite a good job. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. Are you superstitious? I I can't be a you can't be a baseball fan and not be superstitious. I, yeah, I am superstitious. I've I've also seen I've also seen ghosts. When you lived um, on a cemetery? Uh, when I lived at McAllister and Broderick, there was a cemetery there. There was at one point. Um, and uh, I was having breakfast with Kelly one morning, and we were uh, sitting at the uh, dinner table. I think it was pancakes. And uh, my cats were in the room with me, uh, with with all of us. And uh, both of the cats, uh, over Kelly's shoulder, looked up and to the right. And I looked up and to the right and saw... An entity float past down the hallway, up, and it was. I'd never thought of myself to be uh, one that uh, believes in any of that that kind of stuff. But how how high were you guys? Yeah, well, they were weed pancakes. <laughs> they were acid pancakes. Acid pancakes. Acid weed pancakes. Mushroom acid weed <laughs> pancakes. But that has very little to do with it. What did the um, the form look like? 
It was like a gelatinous purple, um, um, glowing uh, entity. It just floated. It, it was almost a peripheral thing, where uh, and if the, again, if the cats hadn't looked up and seen it, I would I wouldn't have looked. So they, you were you were looking at the cats to start. Yeah, yeah, they were down there begging for bacon, and I was like, <sighs> and nothing breaks their. Uh, their concentration. Mm-hmm. You have a cat. You know how it is. They get very serious about bacon, and they both both cats at the same time looked up at, at the exact same spot, and they saw this entity floating. And I saw it just for like a split second. And how much longer did you live there before you moved out? <laughs> it, luckily, <laughs> it, it, the, it was um, it was right at the end there. So were you kind of freaked out after that? I mean, were you? Nervous to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom? Uh, well, they hadn't fucked with me. And so I did you You believe that maybe, like, they're going to do their thing, you're going to do your thing? Mm-hmm. And, like, people are processing their their uh, their stuff. And, I, you know, there's... Definitely in my family experience, there is uh, a uh, some form of afterlife, you know? There's there's been enough evidence with uh, with my family and etc. So you're saying you're going to be a ghost when you die? I hope so. Is there something about your family being what left behind, Ferris? What the? I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, well, you know, that's a good question. No, but um, my mom. We lived in an old uh, Victorian in New Jersey, and she uh, met a lady three times in that Victorian house. The same the same lady. She saw her three times in our house, like an old Victorian lady. But my mom's pretty, you know, <laughs> she's pretty normal. I mean, she sees ghosts. That's a little weird, but uh, <laughs> otherwise she's yeah, pretty normal. Yeah. So besides the purple thing that you saw, did, have you seen anything else? Uh, no, that's my that's my big that's my big one. Um, but we also had a lady staying with us. At our um, McAllister and Baker house, where you've you've been there, and um, she was house sitting while we were in uh, Japan, and she she witnessed several entities within our our house, and uh, actually was unable to continue to stay at our place. So what did you do? You were in Japan, and my my cats were. Uh, my cats were fed by uh, a professional from there, there on out. Yeah, luckily, you know, Kelly uh, sold some or gave some paintings to this lady that does cat sitting, and so this lady comes by and, well, did she see any ghosts? No, she saw our cats. <laughs> Which is spooky. Which is spooky. Spooky cats. Um, <clears throat> so you guys, you have a show coming up the next thing you have coming up is is it the one in portland that you were telling me about next thing coming up is Is it here ffdg is uh well i'm gonna be in the uh in the white walls opening show they're having a big tonight uh not tonight next next month oh march they're doing a kind of a group show welcome to the new spot etc uh should be pretty cool I'm excited about that. What are some of the favorite things um, <clears throat> about working as an artist for yourself that you enjoy? 
Um, probably my favorite is feeling like I'm on a parallel plane, and I feel like I can observe the planet and my. You're saying working with Kelly? Oh, I just right. just mean no. Um, working as an artist, I I I feel like I'm. In a bubble of, of sorts, like I'm not waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, putting on my pants, going to work, mm-hmm. and, you know. But I, I do walk downtown and watch people <laughs> as they... <laughs> Sapporo time. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> but now it's a party. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just finally became Spilled some beer on me. Finally. <laughs> but what you were saying... You don't have the normal nine to five kind of. Yeah, and I and it's. Uh, I think the misconception is that um, uh, that artists don't work hard. I, I work extreme. I work extre- probably harder than. <laughs> I work extremely hard, but you know, it's yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you just, to get back to more advice. It's like if you're gonna fucking do it, you fucking do it. Like it's not. It, there's no part time, you know. You can you can do the craft stuff. You can indulge in it part time if you want. That's fine, you know, and that's that's great. But if, it, if it's something that you really want to do for a career for your full time, then yeah, it's like any it's like any job. Yeah, you, you have to get up and do it, even if you don't want to. Sometimes you have to create a bodies of work that you know you might not be personally that in, invested in but you feel um, is is in the long run bettering bettering your technique or bettering um, your audience and like getting your there's all these all these things that are maybe not so romantic but they're I, I feel like uh, I, I, I was lucky enough to meet a lot of uh, down to earth artists when I first moved here that Taught you know, uh, taught me uh, the the blue collar basics. You know, yeah. Where it's like <clears throat> I got it, right off the top of my head. I, I'm thinking of Brian Barraclough and how amazing of a painter he is for me personally. Um, not just uh, what he puts down, but just his uh, his thought process and kind of how he. Uh, how he has um, he, he 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 makes it, it, it there's like training involved there's like your work if you're really invested in what you love and you want to get better and you want to push and you know like meeting those people when I first started when I moved back to San Francisco was was an essential piece for what I'm doing you know Greg Galinsky. Uh, Manuel Gonzalez, those guys, you know, and Roman, Romanowski, those guys were all, when I first moved back to the city, were really taking not only the making of the art very serious, but, like, trying to apply it in a, in a uh, professional way, and I don't know where I'm going with this, but... I, I, um, so you were, <clears throat> you were talking about uh, there's some changing your work or pushing yourself what are some things that you feel that you you're excited about that you're kind of maybe taking a different path or trying different things out or 
Um, well, I, I definitely feel like in these years of um, bringing up the kids um, that my exploration with technique has been halted. I definitely feel like I'm I'm working. I am growing a little bit with materials, but I'm kind of pushing more the envelope of like uh, character development and and, um, and using tools that basically don't. <laughs> that, <laughs> was that a motorcycle or something? I hope so. That was weird. That was like a brain fart. It was like. It sounded so serious and yeah. menacing. Um, no, it's it's these days. It's definitely about um, knowing my process and getting better at um, um, <laughs> it sounds so it sounds so German and like, uh, but like making the process as as fun as possible by making it as simple as possible for me and that and that has eliminated a little bit of my experimentation that I used to do I used to go very deep into stencil levels and uh, build up and right now I don't frankly have the time to do that and um, so I feel like I'm focusing more on what I know and getting better at the tools that so kind of simplifying yeah and it, it's 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 uh it's gratifying in a way that i i never thought was going to be gratifying for me you know <clears throat> what are some of the um the tools that you like to work with what kind of instruments uh these days i've been falling in love with these bad boys right here the the uniball I, I, you know i grew up Drawing with these and uh, and uh, paper mates and <laughs> paper mate twos with the erasers on the end, you know, erasable ink. Yeah, um, that's I, I I love gold leaf. I will always return to gold leaf. It is incredibly difficult to work with. In what way? Oh, just the application, and you know, um, it is a, a you have to paint in the glue. And then very delicately lay these little sheets of, you know, gold leaf. It's very thin and, you know, from troll hands like mine, it gets very messy sometimes. Do you um, use like an X-Acto knife or anything to help sort of guide things in? Um, I use, <laughs> I use baby powder and I use a, uh, a, uh, a brush those two things so that the oils from my hands don't get uh, uh-huh. the uh, get too messy with the with the the leaf. I nod as if I know no, like I've ever worked with no, gold leaf. It, it is it's one of those things where the wind changes or the you know the glue doesn't necessarily because it is clear. You're not exactly sure if you've gotten every 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 centimeter covered properly so it can be there's a lot of fox in the middle yeah. of the night at the block household I apologize to my kids and my <laughs> wife yeah everyone's wrong. so <clears throat> when you're working at three in the morning working on something <clears throat> what uh, what do you like to listen to or drink or what is the ambiance like I do I do a lot of um 
I do a lot of books on tape, but I, I do I listen to a lot of documentaries. Um, the Ken Burns series are one of my favorite. They're all on the Netflix. But I, I, music-wise, I listen to a lot of a lot of everything. But a lot of depending on on the mood, I love Jizza. I think he's it's so funny to pick apart his lyrics because he's. I don't think anybody really listens enough to that guy. His, he's so like his um his lyrics are just amazing. Um, uh, God, everybody, atmosphere, Adele. I've always been a huge fan of growing up in the Bay Area and, and going to hip hop concerts in the Bay Area and watching that guy. Just uh, like in between shows, he would just show up or in between people's acts and just would rap over whatever music the DJ was putting on in between acts. And there would be no light up on the, on the, on the stage and he would just be up there rapping. <laughs> like that kind of... Um, so many. Aesop, obviously, is big. I love that dude. Do you do a lot of... Um, you were saying you listen to documentaries. Do you like to kind of escape in your thoughts or do you prefer to sort of have something to f- focus on while you are, you know, working on the things that are time-consuming? Uh, it's usually a... Uh, I, I feel like I have a... I've been diagnosed with dual attention, uh, deficit, blah, blah, blah. So you're cra- crazy. crazy. Cuckoo. Oh, oh, Cuckoo. Oh, no, um, <laughs> I, I concentrate better on what I'm doing when I have two things going on in my brain. Yeah. And so... Um, it's really good for me to be listening to something while working. Um, and when I uh, start thinking, then um, it's it definitely... Then I just put music on because I can listen to music and think at the same time. Whereas if I'm trying to concentrate on getting some um, pattern work done or color blocking done where I, I, I pretty much know what I'm looking for and I'm not... Um, uh, experimenting or, or or trying to find something new, um, then I will throw on a something where I'm I'm learning something. What uh, <clears throat> what parts of San Francisco do you really enjoy? Like if you're not uh, taking care of your son or working on your art. Or any of the, when you have like a minute by yourself and you're like, I can do whatever I want today, what would you do? What do you get into? Oh man. I love I love Baker Beach. I love getting to the ocean. I love I love Ocean Beach. I love um the sunset. I love um that's <laughs> where three fourths of the texts I send you about boats that I see uh-huh. are, are from Baker Beach. It's you know I I, um, I love it down there, but I I also I I love Western Edition. I love coming. That feels like home for me still. Like I still come. Like if I just go gravitate towards somewhere automatically, it's always you know those blocks and that whole area is changing so much. But there's still a lot of people there that I love and. Um, yeah, in the lower hate, those two places. Like I feel like I uh, 
sharp, sharp, sharpen my teeth there, and that's where <laughs> my first art show was, and all that fun stuff. <laughs> where was your first art show? At the Grind Cafe. Which one was the Grind? <laughs> it's still there. It's at Scott and Hate. I used all my old decks. Oh, okay. They have that little outdoor. Uh, yeah, yeah. I used all my old decks. Were you really excited about it? I was so nervous. Because I'd been working, <laughs> well, you know, like... I'm, put, I'm not... Yeah, putting yourself out there and kind of... Uh, I was using all materials. Uh, Three-fourths of the materials were... Well, the decks were all my old skateboard decks. That, I don't know about you, but that was like a big thing to just keep keep your old decks around. Cracked or not cracked. Uh, so I had a big stack of those. And then um, I jazz code those. And then I had worked at a dot-com job where uh, three-fourths of the people there were all laid off at the same time, including myself. I had gone into the office storage area, and I had just fucking gaffled every, <laughs> stolen every whiteout bottle in there, whiteout in a Sharpie pen. And, uh, yeah, San Francisco was like a ghost town then, right, when the dot-com... The, the dot-com burst happened, and, uh, yeah, I, the whole show was on these skateboards uh, with whiteout as paint and, and Sharpie as liner, and that was, and I was so nervous about putting those up, and that, you know, we had a little event, and I sold all the boards, and was like, okay, you know, it was one of those validating moments where I was like, okay, well people bought this that you know and like i had just been working as like where, where people coming in and like getting a cup of coffee and like you're like oh yeah they're here for my they're here for my <laughs> yeah <own."> exactly <laughs> yeah. they're getting a salad but they're really here for my art <laughs> no just little you know like not i i had no idea what was going on art wise there was fecal face was <laughs> so i tell people all the time we're here at fecal face but there was no fecal face at the time, which I, you know, was such a huge thing that I think so many people take for granted now. It's like there is a there is a focal point now. There's a place to go to every day to check on art. When was your show? Uh, well, then now that there's lots of places, maybe like 2000 or 1999, right around there. Yeah, fecal face started in April 2000. I mean. Probably right. no one really looked at it, but it was exist. It existed then. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I did. I did look at it, but it was yeah. It was. It wasn't necessarily, you know, what it is. <laughs> There's a lot more drunk people at at, yeah. op- at openings. I got. I got pee. Check this out. Ferris is going for a pee break.
That was the uh, pee break. I've got the bladder of a, a small elf link, unfortunately. I'm getting old. Does your bladder streak when you get older? Or does your prostate does something, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. I do All of it sucks. None of it's good. Has, um, <clears throat> speaking of getting older, has, um, Having a child changed your art at all that you're aware of? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I feel like uh, having the kids... Um, well, with having Brixton, it, it really made me take it seriously. Is this what I'm going to do? Am I going to continue to do this? Or am I going to look for um, a job, you know, like with insurance and, and, and start really... And uh, I was I was lucky to have a partner um, that really supported me, and it's like you know you're you have forward momentum, and your work is is changing and evolving. Like let's see where this goes. And we we took a we took that trip when Brixton was uh, seven months. We we went out to Japan for a month, and that was just to really get out and get. Outside of you know how important it is, you use your you use your boat for it. You get out of out of your environment and get out and get uh, some fresh eyes. And it was nice to get out. And so when you came back from Japan, you realized this is this is totally what I'm doing. I'm sticking with it. And yeah, like let's push this. And at least I've never been. <laughs> I'd never been. Uh, it gets back to the air and, and water sign stuff. I've never been like. This is what I'm going to do, and I'm gonna do it now. And it's been like, let's see how this goes, you know. And like, got back and I was inspired by all the, um, you know, the woodblock print stuff that we had seen there, and uh, was was really interested in pushing, pushing in that direction, and you know. So that's <laughs> for better for worse. That's like. It's been my mantra in life. Is like, well, let's see. You know, so far so good. I I feel like, you know. So I mean, we were talking about how San Francisco is getting really expensive and doing. You know, being an artist that you're not really there isn't exactly that job security. Right. And especially as you get older and you're having a second a kid, does that does that give you a little bit of um, little nervous twitch in the back of your head? Or you absolutely. Um, it, the worst, my worst nightmare used to be having to leave San Francisco because I, I love it here and I, I wake up almost every morning inspired by what I see when I, <laughs> when I leave my house and I, I love this place so much and I, I want to stay here desperately, uh, but I also want Brixton to have a brother and I want Brixton, you know, it's like my priorities have have shifted and like if you have kids you can be a selfish piece of shit and just make it all about yourself or you can you know I don't want to live in San Francisco and have two miserable kids and like barely scraping by and etc um, but right now it's working <laughs> you know and it's I don't ever want to I don't, I'm not trying to jinx it or, or say anything but it, I feel really fortunate that it has worked and like 
the community. I mean, it's, it hasn't only happened because I, I've sold work. You know, it's people like you, like so, the community here, and that's what I'm worried about. Is our community is getting gutted. If you don't have, if you don't have your people and 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 people looking out for each other, like then suddenly you have cultural apocalypse. You have a city that loses its soul, <laughs> you know? And um, that's a long-winded answer to saying, I want to live in San Francisco and make it work. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the kids, they, and right now, Brixton's super stoked and has a good thing going, and, you know, we have our people helping and uh, it feels good right now. And if you're going to be a broke-ass artist in San Francisco, you might as well have another kid. <laughs> that's, that's our joke. It's like, we're already broke-ass artists. We might as well have another kid, you know? So. What what were your worst years in uh, education? Me personally? Yeah, you personally. Wh- which years do you look back at and just like... I don't know if I really, uh, did you, like, I guess maybe like, I feel like maybe, maybe like seventh grade. No, 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 no. Ninth grade. Ninth grade. Okay. No, maybe seventh, seventh or ninth grade. Seventh. It's everybody that I've talked to. It's, it's the, the six to eight, seventh, seventh, the junior high school years. Yeah. People are, kids are kind of crazy. That was fucking a shit. I was such a fucking shithead. Everyone's crazy then. Why were you a shit? I was just like such a troublemaker. I was just so angry about everything and pushing so much and like, you know, luckily we did, I did have an older brother looking out, a couple older brothers looking out for me, but, you know, God. Yeah, that's gotta be nice. You always have someone to sort of cover your back. And like, you know, brothers that would cuff me around the head and be like, hey, you're fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not like, sit back and, and wait to see how things go. Just brothers that would be like, hey, you're fucking up. <laughs> get your get, get your head straight, you know? Mm-hmm. You know? So, okay. Um, but that means we're, we're thinking junior high school that would be one of those cool things to leave for a little bit. Go somewhere else. That would be a kind of a good good cut off if we were thinking about leaving the city. Yeah, that makes sense, because elementary school, it's like, kids are just kind of... Yeah. It's pretty basic at that point. Yeah, and you know, there the elementary schools, there are a lot of really fantastic elementary schools here, actually. Well, in the Richmond and in the Sunset where we're living, there are some highly ranked elementary schools. It's it's more the, the high school years that I'm, you know... There's a couple of Really fantastic um, private schools, of course, here in San Francisco. <laughs> They're all like you were saying, fifty G's a year. Actually, I, I have, looking at my notes, I see a question that I kind of wanted to ask was, um, like, if you feel like you have some sort of creative block, um, how, do you have any suggestions for getting through it? Well, I I just think you got to work on. I just don't. I just don't. I, I feel like there's so many different ways to use your brain, mm-hmm. and there's so 
I mean, I hate to use the uh, stovetop analogy and having pots, and uh, but that works for me so well. It's if, like I'm feeling really stuck on one project. Uh, it's it's fun to switch gears and, and work on something else, like uh, working on another video with the warehouse guys. And when I get stuck there, I like to switch over to do it. I like to work in Illustrator for animation. So working on a computer and working you know, when that doesn't if that doesn't work, then I switch to painting or or I like I've been sketching a lot because I've been. Um, working on a new uh, a couple new concepts for uh, my uh, uh, group show at White Walls in March and also my solo show in uh, November at Shooting Gallery that sounded such like a plug that was great <laughs> be there uh, no but you know like through through sketching for me uh, I feel like that's where I'm doing a lot of Tangential, tangential thinking. Like I'm drawing, but I'm also, I might be drawing something really, really silly or simple or right down here. But I'm like constantly thinking about, like, okay, what will make this next show? What what will inspire me? What which story do I want to tell? You know, so. I'm trying to interpret something I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, chicken scratch! Well, that's, that's so funny because I'm like, I wrote this after we even had, or before we had beers. Um, Tree of Pelote. Oh. I don't want you? Th- what was that about? Oh, the, the the that I think that has to do with the sticker. Uh, oh, Portland is that? No, it's Palo Alto. Oh, Palo Alto. Yeah, it's uh, that's just. I mean, that's the same old. It's the uh, topic we were talking about earlier. We're feeling feeling priced out of out of your existence. It's like uh, I go to Palo Alto now, and I feel, I feel like half the people are. Just, he's got tattoos. He's got gla- he's got thick rim glasses. We've got to escort him to the border of you know the border of Paul. Yeah, excuse me, <laughs> sir. You're gonna have to leave. Um. So, so we're looking at a um, sticker that you just had made. Yeah, the tree. Describe it. Describe it for us. It's a, an angry tree of Palo Alto. Palo Alto being Palo being tree, and Alto being tall. I had yeah, no idea. Yeah, there you go, tall tree. Um, and then um, so there's that the angry tree telling telling everybody with money, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> It so used to be. It leaf, was, leaf me alone. Leaf me alone, yes. <laughs> bad puns. I love fucking bad puns, unfortunately. My poor wife. What are some of your other favorites? My favorite, favorite puns. puns oh, bad God. puns. We, we, you'd have to put me on a, a subject. I don't know, you know. Uh, San Francisco's expensive. Um, skateboarding. You fall down skateboarding? I don't know. No, no. But, it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would have to be something as that's that's far too convoluted. It would have to be like you're gonna be talking about fish, and I'd be like on a on a scale to one. That's in, you know, officially, I'm not sure how I, you know that, that horrible shit that my grandfather used to say. That my kind of grandfather jokes. Yeah, my wife basically hates me for. And do you have any um, good jokes? Speaking of jokes, 
I have one. Okay, give it to me. Um, I just, you know when you have like a few jokes? We used to take people out on the boat and uh, just had all these jokes memorized because that's something you can do when you're just sitting there for a couple hours. And the one that sticks in my head is, um, and people have probably heard this, but what did Kermit the Frog say when Jim Henson died? What, what did he say? Nothing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I got it. That's wrong, man. This is wrong. See, so you don't you don't have like a joke. I I think it's stage fright because that's what jokes do. Like if you yeah, if you don't yeah. Oh God, I I I have some some pretty bad ones that I don't want to tell. But uh, it's you know um, they're racial jokes. You're a racist. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I talking to. Or, or I should say, listening to a lot of those documentaries and listening to uh, comedians talk about um, going on stage and how they, a lot of them use that. Uh, uh, they tell the filthiest, dirtiest, shittiest joke possible while they're in their uh, in their green room, basically getting prepared to get it like out of their out of their. Is that that documentary about? Line of fire. Oh God, there's so many good ones out there. I, I, it's it's fun to to listen to people's process, and I just watched. Uh, it probably it's boring to most people, but um, it was uh, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, I started falling asleep. It was like uh, it was Ben Stiller, uh, Jim Carrey, and Chris Rock, and it was the Nantucket uh, Film Festival. And uh, it was just those three on stage kind of uh, being interviewed by a um, gentleman from SNL. And it was just talking about their how they approach their their craft. And it was just, I felt. Who are some of your favorite uh, comedians? Um, man, so, many, so many. I mean, Richard Pryor. Roseanne. Roseanne Barr. She's, <laughs> I've seen some stand-up of her. I saw her in L.A. She was hilarious. She really? Was, yeah, she killed it, actually. Um, God. There's, um, we just watched um, Coming to America again. Mm-hmm. When was the last time we saw it? It's actually probably better than you would remember it. There's a lot of good material in there. Um, I'm just trying to think of... Norm Macdonald, I think, is probably an un, unsung hero of. I've heard that he's uh, he's he's one of the the kings of the parking lot. You know what that term is? King. Is that like sort of the comedian's comedian? <laughs> exactly. He's the he um, like uh, after a show, all the comedians will try to outdo each other in the parking lot afterwards. <laughs> and Norm Macdonald supposedly is one of those guys that just it's king of the parking lot crushes people. Yeah. <laughs> And I, you know, I'm a sucker for the obvious Dave, Dave Chappelle. I still feel like I saw some of his his uh, stand-up stuff, and I still I still quote it to this day. You know, like the uh, getting pulled over by the by the police and having turning the radio down because no one wants to get beaten to a soundtrack. I thought that was just the funniest. <laughs> I get that 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 line. There's a certain thing, you know, certain lines that, you know, Patrice, um, what's his name? He just died a year ago. He was amazing. God. I, did, I listen to a lot of stand-up, you know, and I've, 
Jay Howell has has pointed me in some good directions with stand up. Did you ever see any of the Dave Chappelle when uh, he performed at was it Punchline mm-hmm. where Ayana used to work? Mm-hmm. Um, I did. She told she told me some stories. She actually like tried to get us tickets or hook us up with tickets or let us know that they were selling tickets or something. And I never I'm gonna resent it forever. But she you know was a waitress there. Yeah. I saw, uh, yeah, a couple of times. And although, you know, he would go until like five in the morning, but they can't serve drinks after two, so everyone has to like wait until he finishes, you know, finishes his like set. And it's just you should ask her about it. She she's hilarious when she talks about it. She's like, you know, she, yeah, he's hilarious, but when you're when that's your job, and he <laughs> just like kind of flies in and is like, I'm Dave Chappelle. This is my ATM machine. You know, he's like, I'm performing now. Yeah, I'm gonna make a bunch of money, what? and then you're like, "Oh God, that means I have to." I normally get off work at two thirty, and now I have to stay to like whenever this funny guy yeah. gets off the stage. And uh, well, especially if he's doing the same, you know, routine three or four nights in a row. By the time, yeah. you're like, okay. I think it's hilarious to hear someone. Not that I'm not speaking for, but uh, to hear someone like get grumpy about one of the, you know, our generations, like Richard Pryor. Right, right. You know, it's like, <laughs> actually, the fact that he knows you is pretty awesome. I mean, you know, that you worked at the club that he performed at a whole bunch. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, so you did see some of those performances? I did. Yeah, I was lucky enough to see him uh, a couple of times there, especially early on when he was doing the, um, um, kind of right before, um, the TV show came out and right out, I mean, Half Baked was, pretty brand new so that he was you know pretty well known for that stuff and it was a little bit rougher um not as well polished but it's fun to see people you know do you get to the comedy clubs at all um it's been a while but i used to go to Cobbs, you know and uh punchline pretty often just for because it's because you, you never know <laughs> What? Just name another 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 guy that uh, came on. Uh, he lived. He had he'd been living in San Francisco for a while, and he had just moved to L.A. and he got up on stage and he was like, "All my friends, uh, you know, they they judge me because they say I'm 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 homophobic, you know, and you know they they say that's why I left San Francisco." But I, but I love my home. You like these the grandfather <laughs> it's like jokes. So stupid! <laughs> it was just like the dumbest line ever, and it was like his build up to another <laughs> those like little momentum. Like oh god, it just I love my I love my home. You should check out um, the dark room here on Mission Street, right next to the gallery. They I'm sure they still have it. It's called the business. On Wednesday nights, um, I don't know if they do. I think do it every Wednesday. The business. Have you been? No, but I just wanted to say it. the business. Five dollars. <clears throat> There's like a bunch of comedians that sort of do the warm up for the big, big acts at like the Punchline and all those clubs. Um, so they kind of work out material, and it's sort of like they just organized. And it's five dollars. It's hilarious. It goes for like two and a half hours. Wow! You could just bring in BYO, whatever. You can bring right. in a burrito or bring in a beer. 
and uh, it's really it's a really small little tiny compact theater, but it, you know it's you know you're, you you have a normal seat, so it feels like it's could be big, but it's actually pretty tiny. Right. Very comfortable and right. probably the best five dollars I've spent in nope. a long time. BYOB could be burrito B-Y-O-B. or beer. Yeah. It could be BYOB. Or barbiturates. B. Huh? <laughs> B. It could be a triple B. <laughs> and birth control. The, it, the list keeps going. <laughs> bees. Bring your own bees. <laughs> Barbarians. <laughs> like just, never mind. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So before we wrap this up, um, I'm going to go through and probably pick and choose some of the better things. Do you need me to sing opera? That and when you went to the bathroom, I think is the. <laughs> can you sing opera? No, but I can sing old, 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 old tunes if you want. Go. Well, pardon me, boy. Is that the Chattanooga choo choo? There you go. That's it. No, I, I, there's a whole bunch. I, I know a whole bunch of old ones. But you did, you just sang like a couple of words. There's an old Australian bush song that Elva used to sing. A song that always cheered me when I was blue. Now, Elva said this bush song was a heck of a song to sing. So be quiet whilst I render it for you. When your instinct tells you that disaster is approaching you faster and faster, then be like a bluebird and sing. Tweet, tweet, tra-la-la-la-la-la. <laughs> when you know you're headed for the jailer, don't allow the old face to grow paler. But be like a bluebird and sing tweet tweet tra la 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 la. Be like a bluebird who never is blue, for he knows from his upbringing what singing can do. And though by other birdies in the boughs he is informed that his efforts are perfectly lousy. <laughs> he sings on and on until his troubles are through. Tweet, tweet, tra-la, la-la, la-la. There you go. Wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. There you go. You actually uh, you have a very good voice. Oh, thank you. It got really, there were some uh, parts that were really impressive. Oh, I like to sing. Do you really? Um, Brixton is a great singer. Is he? He's a singer, yeah. So that song you just sang, what what was that? You know, I can't remember. How do, I mean, how do you how do you know it? How do you know the lyrics? Uh, I, I sang it a long time ago. I used to go up on stage and sing songs and stuff. Really? Yeah. Like with a with a uh, like twenty four, twenty five white white dinner Diesel. jacket and a black bow tie. Really? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> when did you do that? Uh, in uh, high school. And uh, was yeah. it a job or was it some sort of like a it, choir? It club? was like uh, something to do with school, but I also uh, yeah for money on the side kind of stuff. What was it? A restaurant? 
we get booked all over the place. Yeah. We? Go we uh, there was a whole group of us. Yeah. So we, you guys were like entrepreneurs. You put together a singing group. Well, it was like this lady that was. Um, she was a. Uh, she taught at our high school, but she also had this group of singers where we would go and uh, perform at other places. So. Where, like, what kind of business would hire? Could like, would an art gallery could I hire you to sing it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm. I mean, that's what I'm planning to do for the opening. Really? Yeah. <laughs> No, but seriously, where would you like a restaurant or? Um, yeah, like or museum stuff, and you know. Would you get nervous at all? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. But you know, like some of those things, like that song, I sang, I sang in front of a crowd of like four hundred people. You know. That's another reason why I'm not scared about showing artwork so much. It's like, if you can get up in front of a whole crowd of people and sing a, an old show tune, then you can hang up some art on the wall. And where where uh, 400 people were? Um, I can't remember the name of it, but I was like, you know, sit down kind of thing. There. Wow. Yeah. Very random. <laughs> and I and I, I dressed up like because it is like an old gangster song, you know. And I sang it like a gangster. I got dressed up kind of like an old gangster. There how you go. Old, how old were you when you did that song? Probably sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. And I I just grew up in a very musical family, so um, it was one of those kind of second nature things. That's awesome. <laughs> so then, um, just gonna give a little, little no sound there. Oh wait, I meant it. So, actually, what we'll do now is a um, kind of a. Uh, I'll just say some words, or we'll just kind of like quickly riff to wrap it up. Okay. Uh, words to live by. Um. Keep going. Sounds like freckle. Sounds like freckle. Mm-hmm. You just say whatever. Peckle. Peckle. Uh, Jay Hal. Awesome bearded dude. Uh, Kelly Tunstall. My everything. Um, computers. Awesome. Skateboarding. Awesomer. I'm catching a theme here. <laughs> um. It's Tuesday, two thirty in the morning, and you have what's that? Uh, you have a stomach flu, and you're on the toilet puking. What do you do? <laughs> well, actually, God, this last show at um, at uh, at a shooting gallery, I I did. I got I caught the flu. Stomach flu. Stomach flu. Whoa. And I brought. Uh, I brought, uh, we were up in Yosemite, and I was throwing up, and I brought all my painting stuff into the bathroom, and sat there, and I painted while throwing up. And shitting. The entire night. Wow. Yeah. And somebody bought that painting. <laughs> it's probably good. I called it my shit fucking this sucks painting, and it had shit and fuck in it. No, that's not true. Um, it probably had a little vomit. That stuff floats around yeah, in the air. Yeah, so it all gets sealed in too. You know that polyurethane stuff. Um, if you could, San Francisco in a sentence. Always open to 
possibility. I love it. It's going to be a run-on sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, God, I, yeah, I, I just love it so much. Um, what do you like at uh, Ferris Block at sixty? Ferris Block at sixty. I'm hoping um, to have a place back over in Cork City. I'd love to be living in Ireland again. I loved it over there so much, and I still have some of my uh, favorite people live over there. So I like to uh, think that at some some way we'll be able to figure out how how I can live there part part of the year. You know. Do you, can you speak Irish? <laughs> no. Gaelic is is probably one of the most counterintuitive languages there are out there. You know, I, the the spellings and the uh, articulation are so different than, you know, we live in such a, uh, English is such a German, everything makes sense with the, the letter. Best, um, what's your favorite Irish whiskey? I drink a lot of Jameson still. That was like, is there another? There's Powers. There's, um, you know, Jameson's and um, what's the other one from up north are basically run by the same people these days. Um, there's there's a there's a bunch of different kinds. I got to sample home home brews too when I was there. Pochine, which is like Irish White Lightning, which, um, basically fighting juice. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey, God. Um, anyway, uh, and then uh, yeah, I guess thank you for doing the the, the uh, sort of uh, podcast that we haven't done in a long time. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're the first podcast in the uh, the Mission Street uh, FFDG. Damn, that's fantastic. Thank you for having me. Thanks for uh, t- uh, I was going to say Tecateing with me, but it's Sapporo time. Sapporoing. Sapporo time. Centauri <laughs> time. Red, thank you.